Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Sean, something uh, really important I got to talk about right here off the top. Okay. I, uh, now I haven't listened to the latest Inside Curling podcast, but I yeah. did see that their uh, Twitter posted uh, that they talked about why don't people switch in mixed doubles? Okay. Didn't we talk about that we last did. week? Yeah. So, good news. Thanks to have Inside Curling as listeners to our show. We <laughs> welcome it. Uh, really appreciate it. Appreciate the support. Uh, you know, as, as curling podcasts got to stick together. And yep. uh, th- the answer we came up with is they should do it more. So, yeah. If that you haven't listened, if you haven't listened to, to theirs yet, uh, no need. <laughs> or go ahead. Whatever you like. Yeah, I'm sure they'll have a very uh, enlightened uh, view of, of what should happen in the mixed doubles game. So, um, you know, it, it's an, it is an interesting debate. So uh, maybe, maybe there would be a, a sort of fascinating conclusion that those guys come up with uh, over there on inside curling. You're right. We hire tides, Scott, you know? Yeah, raises all boats. That's right. So uh, so uh, check that out. You can also check out uh, Jonathan and Ryan Rocks Across the Pond. They did a, a world men's preview as well. All right, so we are going to talk about the 2022 Men's Olympic Curling Qualifier. (laughs) Yep. Uh, That's really what this uh, event is all about to me. So it it is, of course, the 2021 Men's World Curling Championship, the BK Tires OK Tire World Men's Championship. Man, that's a mouthful. The number one question that I have as we look at this event and the men's world championship for 2021 does it matter who wins uh not not really no i think they whoever wins is going to be happy that they won yeah like I, I don't think anybody's tanking or deliberately not winning sure but for the players there they care about winning the organizations or the the member uh bodies they care about qualifying for the Olympics. So right. uh, in a, for a team that is definitely going to represent the Olymp- their country in the Olympics, should they qualify, uh, they'll care a lot. But not as much, but they won't care as much about winning as making sure they're in that top six. That, that's right. That's right. Uh, like Brendan that, Boncher, that he, he, you know, he's not a certainty to represent Canada at the Olympics next year. So a world no. championship for him, like, let's win a world championship. And and I know everyone is going to want to win a world championship and I don't want it to come across as though I would denigrate this world championship. If you win this, it's a, it's a real legitimate world championship. Nobody's going to take that trophy off your, you know, shelf. shelf. And uh, so, so it's still going to count. But I think, as you say, like if you were to give curling Canada truth serum or, the British Curling Association and, you know, all these bodies that are going to end up having representatives at the Olympics, I think all of them would say they would rather have two sixth place finishes in the men's and women's rather than a world championship in one and a seventh place finish in the other. 
Yeah, I, I think that's definitely fair. Fair to say uh, that you might get the the kind of uh, players like maybe Nicholas Adine is like, eh, what do I have to prove? Like, let's just make sure we're in the Olympics. Do we need to win? Probably not. Yeah, we haven't played all year. Well, they played a little bit, but uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, let's just not get hurt. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so on that note, Scott. Do you know who won the last world championship? Who is the defending champion coming in def- to 2021? Uh, is, is it not Kevin Cooey? It is not Kevin Cooey. You are correct. Uh, then <laughs> it's uh, then it's a Dean. Yes. Nicholas Adin is the defending champion winning in 2019 in Lethbridge had an 11 and one record in that event and went on to beat Kevin Cooey in the final and it's kind of interesting to look at this field now, Scott, uh, or at least the way I would consider this field and think about it. And what I've done here is I've broken this field into tiers. Great. And the tiers are as such. I have seven teams that are coming in saying we will qualify. Like that that we, our expectation is that to qualify, we will be disappointed if we won't qualify and I pushed it to seven potentially because therefore one team will be disappointed in that. Then I have the maybe qualified teams that are coming in saying, yeah, we might have a puncher's chance if we have a good week. Mm-hmm. And then I have a couple sort of eh, maybe probably not uh, crazier things have happened. But I'm... And then, uh, of course, a wild card team. And that wild card team is China because yeah. they've already qualified. <laughs> yeah, they are playing with house money uh, mm-hmm. in this event. No question about it. And Sean, uh, we have the media guide yeah. available. Uh, are there pronunciations in the media guide? There are not. So we All will right. continue our wonderful tradition of trying our best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's all we can do. I <clears throat> For like the, the, the Blue Jays, the baseball season starting, right? So when the media guide goes out, uh, there's pronunciations beside everybody's name, even the ones that you know already, just yes. in case some new reporter or new broadcaster uh, from another team is is coming in and saying, huh, I don't know how to say that. So, you know, that it would, it would be nice uh, to have that in the future uh, Curling Canada Media Guides. Just a suggestion, friendly suggestion, not, uh, not a demand by any means, but uh, it would be nice. It would help us avoid... Uh, looking foolish. <laughs> right. Like uh, for, is it Mark Kennedy, for instance? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> so, uh, so, Scott, all right, here are my top seven of teams that I think have an expectation for themselves that we should 100% be in the playoffs, therefore clinching an Olympic spot for our federation. Okay. Canada. Yes. Bold, I know. Sweden? Yes. Switzerland? Yes. Scotland? Yes. The United States of America? Yes. Japan? Agreed. Norway? Yeah. So those are seven that uh, would be coming in, and and we're agreed then that those seven teams would be coming in saying, yes, 100%, we, we think we should qualify. We will be disappointed if we don't qualify. And again, one of those teams will be disappointed because that's how math works. That's correct. Now, now Sean, those are the top seven ranked member associations. 
in the yeah. world. So yeah, that makes sense. Now I have four teams in my maybe teams that are coming in pr- saying, you know, we're not going to be at the top, but if they have a good week, they have a good run. They have a chance potentially four teams. Okay. Denmark. Okay. Russia. All right. The Netherlands. Okay. And South Korea. All right. Now, now you're just like, <laughs> uh, I, Sean, I would put Italy. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're right. I, I misread my own notes. That was Italy. <laughs> oh, did you read it as uh, something different? Yeah. No, I just wrote it down wrong. Uh, okay. Yes. Italy would be in that category. I'm sorry. Okay. So, so Italy, South Korea. No, Denmark, Russia, Netherlands, Italy. Oh, okay, okay. So not for the Koreans. Okay. No. Um, well, I think if the Netherlands are going to do it, it would take a heroic effort from Wouter, who we'll talk about uh, when we get to them, I guess. But uh, that would take like a very big upset of one of those top seven teams for them yeah. to get in. That's Italy. Why this, that's why this is the maybe. Like this is the this is I'm trying to get in their mindset, what they're thinking. Well, obviously everybody wants to do it. I, I think they have no chance. Sorry. Okay. So you would have them in my next category. Yes. Which I currently have as Germany and South Korea. And I, well, I think Russia should be in that bottom category too. And I would put Korea in the maybe have a chance. Okay. Interesting. Once we get to Korea, I, I, we can talk about that a little further. But and then, as I said, China is just a total wild card in, in sense of what the, in the sense of what their expectations are. I yeah. do think if I'm the Chinese Federation, I want to make the playoffs going into next year. One, just there's a, a nice boost for the team that they've made the playoffs. They've been competitive in this international event, mm-hmm. probably the last major international event that they'll play in before the olympics where there are real stakes i mean they'll play in the packs next year if there is a pack next year but i also just would like to throw things into chaos a little bit by you know forcing another member association to have to go to a pre-event right so right now there's i believe three spots up for grabs at the olympics in a pre-qualifier like the last chance qualifier if china makes the playoffs here there's four spots available and then at least two of these top seven teams would have to go. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that would really throw a wrench into things. Um, yeah. It'd be fun. For the World Curling Federation. It would be pretty fun. Pretty yeah. fun. It'd be great. Overall. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so Scott, let's go through this and let's uh, go through the squads. Let's uh, go by tiers and let's start with the host team of Brendan Botcher making his first appearance at a world championship at the men's level, of course, has played and won world championships at the junior level. Biggest story of the week coming into this for Team Canada is the health of Darren Molding. Of course, had to pull out of the mixed doubles championship playing with Joe and Courtney because of a bad back. We see a lineup change as a result of that as Mark Kennedy has been brought in to be the alternate. And we think we talked about it a little bit last week, Scott. If you need somebody to step into a team at the third position, they got the best guy probably in the world to do that. Yeah, and I thought we we covered this nicely last week without mentioning it. 
but uh, or maybe we talked about it uh, a couple episodes ago. But this did come out either right after or as we were recording our our last podcast, and I mean it makes sense uh, for all the reasons that we said before. Mark Kennedy will fit in with anybody. Uh, we saw him jump into uh, Brad Jacobs' team and win an event in the Canada Cup mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Uh, he he'll be a great teammate. He'll be really good at, you know, reading the ice, reading the rocks that these teams will have had an advantage because they're playing with them uh, for the, for like a couple of weeks already. So yeah, he'll be a good fit to the team. Uh, the way I understand at the world curling events, you're allowed to have two coaches. Uh, so Pat Jansen presumably will become that second coach and he'll keep doing uh, the work he's been doing with the team. It won't be like uh, a, a Cheryl Kriviazic situation where right. like, nope, you can't come to the Olympics. So uh, that'll be good. Uh, I think if th- this is probably the best scenario for curling Canada, uh, given the status of, uh, of Darren Molding. Yeah. A hundred percent. No question about it. That Yeah. If you, if you need somebody to step in, this is the guy. Uh, a, a fun little footnote to this, Scott. Do you know who Brendan Botcher beat to win his World Junior Curling Championship? If I take a look at the oh, media guide, I probably will. Don't but uh, no, no, I don't. <laughs> Rasmus Rana. Ah, kind of an interesting footnote uh, there. That the, of course they're both in this field. So yeah, I, I think uh, th- this will be interesting to see this team at this level. First time, of course representing Canada at this level uh, for for these guys. So you never know how that's going to manifest itself. People talk about it all the time as, as wearing the Maple Leaf being a, a very unique scenario and, and it feels different when you put on that jacket. Of course, no fans to sort of remind you of that all the time that you're Team Canada. And from all accounts, Brendan Botcher has all the socks he needs. So we should be in, in good shape and I would definitely expect them to do well. The other thing, Scott, they of course have been in this bubble environment out in Calgary. None of the other teams have talked about it with the mixed doubles. Would it be an advantage for the teams that had experienced the bubble? Lot and Sahidic didn't seem to have a problem with the bubble. So maybe Mm -hmm. there wasn't actually an advantage to it, but for these guys, maybe, I don't know. We'll see. Well, you got to think that traveling in a pandemic to a strange country where you know things are going to be very different and like in usual times you could go and find say like things that you like to eat right that maybe you won't be able to do sitting in the uh homewood suites in in, in uh calgary right S- sorry it's a marriott thing actually it's not the homewood suites <laughs> but uh, i can't think of it now so so yeah like there there's going to be a lot of differences compared to when it was just the Canadian teams there, right? That yeah. that's, it, it'll take some time to get used to. There'll be some jet lag, I'm sure. Although most of them will have been here long enough to, to have beaten that. But uh, yeah, I think, I think the bubble will be an advantage for Brendan Botcher and team Canada. All right. So let's move down to what might be their stiffest competition in the field. If not the favorite, Scott, the defending champion out of Sweden, Nicholas Adin. Four-time world champion, 
has yet to break through at the Olympic Games. He's got a bronze and he's got a silver to his name. Of course, we'll be looking to punch his ticket to the 2022 Games in Beijing. The team is as normal with Oscar Erickson at third, the aforementioned Rasmus Rana, and then the second, of course, Christopher Sundgren at lead position. Scott, uh, not really much to say about this team. They've had a chance to play some games. Of course, the great game that they played against Anna Hasselberg that was streamed. That was a lot of fun. I mean, if you're looking for top-level games, it's kind of hard to get better than Anna Hasselberg. So uh, so they've mm-hmm. had a chance to, to practice and play a little bit, and you would just expect that they'll be at the top of their game because they always are. Usually, yeah. They, they did seem to have uh, not as great a year uh, this year on tour, the the abbreviated year that it was, uh, won the Baden Masters, but after that, uh, a couple of fourth, fifth place finishes, uh, losing in a quarterfinal. The, the Swiss teams, I think, will be the ones that have the most uh, playing time so far this year, and they were the ones that uh, they they were the events that Nicholas Adin went and played as well. So, uh, but I mean, a little bit of rust, whatever. They're the best men's team in the world, I'd say. So yeah, they'll, they'll be, they'll be looking to win. Uh, and if they're not in the playoffs, it would be very shocking. Yeah. It'd be a stunner. It'd have to be a situation where like Nicodine throws his back out again, which we remember happened a couple of years ago at one of the world cup events. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you mentioned the Swiss Scott, let's talk about them. The team out of Geneva skipped by Peter de Cruz. They are back in the world championship. Of course, Benoit Schwartz throwing the fourth stone for this team. They had a bit of a fight to get out of Switzerland. Switzerland's really fun, I have to say. Like, maybe it's number two in terms of let's pay attention to the national championships for who's going to come out. Um, or well, the Koreans also are pretty interesting. Uh, a lot of depth there, but uh, certainly the Swiss. Like, the, 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 there's. Two great men's teams, uh, multiple great women's teams. And uh, for this one, it is the Peter de Cruz team, that familiar squad. The, they will be looking to punch their ticket. They have represented Switzerland at the last two Olympics. No guarantee that they'll be there in 2022, though. So, Scott, what do you expect out of this team? So, this is one of the teams that has played the most. Uh, they're actually ranked lower than Yannick Schwaller in the world rankings right now. But uh, they made the final or the semifinal of every event they played in uh, with 20 wins, five losses on the season uh, scoring almost 11 points a game. Obviously the competition is a little bit different than, uh, than it would be in a regular year, but that's still very impressive. Uh, I expect this team to, to be in the playoffs and contending for, for the title. Yeah, I I think that's a, a fair way to look at it. And Benoit Schwartz, sneaky hard thrower too. Like he can fire it if he needs to. And I don't think, or at least I don't usually think of him as that type of a player, but certainly he is capable of doing that. Yeah. And, and Sean, do you know who the lead is on their team? Off the top of my head, I don't. They have Valentin Tanner, the often forgotten yeah. uh, sort of sweeping workhorse on that team. Uh, so pretty good, pretty good all around squad. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Scott, next on my list here, the defending Olympic champion. American team skipped by John Schuster. No changes to the lineup since the last time we've seen them. Chris Plies at third. The very reserved 
uh, Matt Hamilton at second and John Landsteiner at the lead position. These guys would be looking to get back to the Olympic Games. They have had some success at the World Championship. John Schuster's never won a World Championship, but if you look at the last few times that he has played, went eight and five in Lethbridge a couple of years ago, got a playoff spot, eight and five in Edmonton in 2017. They, of course, didn't play in 2018 after the Olympics, 10 and four at the games at the, the World Championship in Switzerland in 2016, where he won a bronze medal. So, on a nice run at the World Championships for John Schuster over the last few appearances, and they're going to need to have that good week. We've seen them struggle early in weeks at events before, certainly the most famous example at the Olympic Games in Korea. And this field, you're not going to have as much of an opportunity to have that comeback later in the week. So uh, this is a team really to watch. If we're, if we're looking for teams where, based on their history, if they're you know two and four, don't count them out, but also they're a team that could be two and four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is the, one of the teams, Sean, that I think has a chance to, to slip out of the playoff spot. Um, they haven't played all year. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure that's something. <laughs> like, <laughs> like practicing is good, but playing is better. Uh, they're going to start against China and then come up, come up against uh, Nicholas Adin on Saturday morning. Uh, so not ideal. Then they got Japan on Sunday. Uh, so like some tough squads to, to come out against yeah, it's not a good maybe start. other than China, but uh, it, it, I don't think it's, it's setting up well for them. I'd like them to prove me wrong, but I think uh, there's a very good chance that USA will be playing in the, uh, last chance qualifying. Okay. Tournament. And that would be something else, right? For the defending Olympic champion to be in that spot. Yeah. You might even say, uh, I'm offended. I'm, by I, I'm, offended, I'm offended and shocked by it. <laughs> <laughs> it was presented, Scott, as an option. Uh, our buddy Albert suggested that perhaps that was just dry humor on the part of Kathy Gauthier after Brian brought it up so much. Well, if so, good for her. Yeah, she uh, nailed it. If that's nailed the, the dry humor. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, all right, let's talk about our friends from Scotland. Scott Bruce Mowat and his team are going to be making their third appearance at a world championship. Last time in 2019, eight and five making the playoffs, won the bronze medal in 2018 out in Las Vegas for Bruce Mowat. And the squad, they'll be looking to make their first Olympic appearance next year. Mm -hmm. Interesting thing about this team to me is that they've had the opportunity to play throughout the course of the season at the high performance center that uh, British curling has set up. But they've brought with them one of the teams that they're going to have to get through to ensure that Olympic berth as Ross White is the alternate for this team. Great young skip uh, out of Scotland and uh, one of those teams that is coming up and, and they're going to be fighting over the next however many years, four spots, assuming lineups don't merge or anything, that this is a guy who they're going to be competing heavily with. So it's interesting to see he, that he's their alternate, I think a good choice, obviously a great player. But normally we see this with older teams, certainly in the Canadian context, uh, where you know people like Brad Jacobs take Tanner Horgan. We saw it this year with Gushu uh, taking 
the taking Ryan uh, Lambswood with them. And you, you just see that with some of the older teams. Nice to see it here. I don't know. I'm sure Jonathan would be able to tell us if this was a decision made by the Scottish Curling Association as opposed to Bruce Mowat himself. But sort of an interesting wrinkle. We probably won't see Ross White except for in a blowout or anything, but just an interesting note that he's there. Yeah, interesting note. I, I would agree that it's likely not the team's decision that's uh, that's making this call. They did play four events all at the National Curling Academy in Sterling, Sean, and uh, only lost one. Uh, pretty they're pretty good. good. Yeah. If I if I had to, if I asked you, Sean, to guess how old is Bruce Mowat? Well, I know this because I I did look it up. He's 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 twenty six. Yeah. isn't that crazy? <laughs> i guess like, brendan botcher is older than him yes that is so factual so like th- this is a really really strong team that should be around for a long time uh and i i mean that just the poise that he has as a skip is is pretty incredible uh and and he'll only be getting better you know in the, in the next quadrennial so uh i i think uh yeah this is one of the great teams and I would be surprised if they miss the playoffs, this team. All right. Well, let's move on to Japan and Yuta Matsumura, his team coming out of Katimi, uh, Katimi Hokkaido. Uh, And you'll have to forgive me if I mispronounce that. Very strong team here representing Japan. 10 and 5 record at the 2019 World Championship in Lethbridge. That was his first time skipping. He has also skipped the team at the past two Pacific Asia Curling Championships, won the silver medal in 2019, won the gold medal in 2018. Very strong team here all around. I think, Scott, when we're looking at the Asian curling scene on the men's side, this is the team for me that I would peg as the favorite going into a Pacific Asia championship. Uh, obviously, the results would would bear that out. But I think this is maybe the top team right now coming out of Asia. Oh, yeah, I, I agree with you 100 uh, percent. This is a team that I think will uh, will make the playoffs. I think they'll knock the Americans out of the playoff spot. Uh, just. A really strong team. We'll see if you know the the travel and the the quarantining will affect them at all. It didn't seem to affect them in 2019 when yeah. they had a great run. Uh, I remember walking through the Rito Center here, Sean, in in uh, Ottawa, and stopping at the Bell Store to watch Yuta Matsumura make an amazing shot. Ah. Uh, on my way back to my office and then was like, Oh, gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just incredible. Uh, so really strong team, really strong curler that, yeah, I, I think I'd put them in that, uh, in that zone, that playoff zone. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they're too strong to not make the playoffs here and, uh, to, to miss out on that, that spot. So, so, so Sean, how many teams have I put in the playoffs now? Is that five? That's five. Okay. So here's the last team in this top tier, the the top tier that I think is there, and it's Norway. And this team skipped by Stefan Wallstead. This is going to be his 
a third time skipping the Norwegian team. Seven and six back in 2018 in Vegas and five and six in Edmonton in 2017 then. So, Scott, not the greatest records so far for Stefan Wallstead in the skips position at a world championship. He is there with Torgerd Nurgard. Of course, I, I, I always get his first name wrong, and so my, my apologies for that. He, of course, of great fame with the Thomas Ulsrud teams. He's there playing in the third spot. So I think when we're looking, Scott, at, at the Norwegians and what we can expect from them, a lot of experience. The question is at that skip position, is it going to be enough for Stefan Wallstead? Is he going to be able to compete with these other teams where he doesn't have the track record necessarily as certainly, you know, I I don't have the doubt at the third position. It's just the question is what happens at the skip position. Yeah, I I don't think so. Okay. I I don't think so. I think uh, Norwegian curling, while Thomas Ulsrud was really good on the world stage for curling as a whole, I don't think it was great for Norwegian curling to have such a dominant team for so long. Uh, we have uh, this team that's coming here with, with Stefan Volstead played with uh, Thomas Ulsrud last year, the year before uh, to try and, and sort of pass on along some of that wisdom. Uh, we've also got the Magnus Ramsfeld coming up uh, through Norwegian curling, but I don't think either of those teams have had the reps at the world level against the world-class teams that are necessary right now to, be able to compete uh, if I'm prognosticating, which is what we're here to do. Yeah, I uh, have them on the outside looking in. Okay, and so let's so hope. You, so you let's have hope. both the Americans and the Norwegians out. Yeah, so let's hope it's not a uh, not a case of the uh, getting disqualified for something, right? Like yeah. like what <laughs> happened at the at the Euros. Yeah, use the right brooms. So. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so, okay. So I, I identified seven teams that I thought would think that they have a good chance. You know, you've eliminated two of them. That means that you got somebody in from this maybe pile. Yes, it does. Yeah. All right. So let's move over to the maybe pile. Let's start with Denmark and the team skipped by Mads Norgard. And he is going to skip the team, but throw second. Mikkel Kraus will be throwing the fourth stones for this team. Uh, Norgard has played at the uh, Euros before. This is going to be his first world championship appearance. Scott, not a lot of experience on this team. Uh, in fact, as, as we look at it, only one appearance for anyone on this uh, team uh, at the, or excuse me, no appearances, my apologies, at the mm-hmm. Men's World Championship for anyone on this team. Debut appearances for everybody. So, Scott, what does that mean for the team? Do you think that they can break through and get into that top six? No. <laughs> uh, okay. Short answer is no. The uh, So the Danish Curling Championships were uh, suspended? Yes, they were. Right. In the midst. In, in the midst due to a COVID outbreak. And uh, I guess that some, I don't know if it was resumed or not, or if they were selected. I believe they were selected to be the, the, the Denmark team. They're switching up uh, 
with Mads is going to skip, as you said, but throw second. Uh, Just all of those things seem to be a recipe for not not winning. Okay. (laughs) All right. So maybe not the, the greatest expectations there. And if you have not listened to it, do check out the episode of Rocks Across the Pond where they talk to the multiple people from the Danish Curling Federation about what happened at their national championship. Uh, Sort of a fascinating tale of the precautions that were put in place, all the testing that went into it, and yet they still had this case where they had to shut down the event. So I I would highly recommend checking that out if you want some more details on what happened in the Danish national championship. Yeah, that's a good lesson. Yeah, so let's now move on to Russia. But Scott, they're not allowed to be called Russia because uh, Russia has all these sanctions. Yes, it's uh, bad. Yeah, so it's the Russian Curling Federation team. You'll see them on the schedule as RCF, which I don't know. Like, okay, I'm not one to really, truly like get into the geopolitics of sport and how the the... What, what appears to be very clear violations of doping rules by Russia, what that actually means and, and the effects of that. And that there, there does appear to be, from all reports, systemic cheating within or systemic doping within Russian sports. I don't understand why changing the name, like how that hurts the, the athletes or how that even hurts Russia. Like the athletes are still going. They're, they can, they're still competing. The fact that it's the Russian Curling Federation team as opposed to Russia, like, okay. I, I don't know what that accomplishes. Well, I, Sean, if you were working your whole life to go to the Olympics, compete under the banner of Canada, and a year before they said, you can go, but we're never going to play the national anthem. We're going to call you an athlete from Northern North America. <laughs> like, uh, I, th- I think you'd be pretty bummed out. I don't know. Uh, once they told me they were never going to play a national anthem, I'd be like, well, what? Really? Really? <laughs> sounds like a perk. Cool. Great. No national anthems. Yeah. So, uh, Sergei Glukov that we saw in 2019, Sean, I, I don't have high hopes for this, uh, this team either. No, uh, I, they, no. they never showed me anything that was great. Uh, one of the funny things in the, um, Media guide here. It says hobby slash other sports. Yeah, for this team, it's nice. Uh, the, right? the the third does gymnastics. That's good. Gymnast, the, you gotta be second, fle- you gotta be flexible when you curl. The second, Dmitry Miranov, uh, hobbies other sports, cars, sure, and cyber sports. Sean, like that, real cyber sports. But then the lead, just what's computer games? So I guess he plays computer games, but not cyber sports games. Yeah. So he's probably in like that Call of Duty kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, you could, I like Call of Duty. Anyway, uh, <laughs> getting off, the, getting off the topic <laughs> here. No, this, they, they didn't play well in 2018. Is that right? Uh, correct. So uh, four and eight in 2019. And Sergei Glukov played third for Alexei Timofev in 2018. Uh, so that mm-hmm. team went five and seven. Uh, they played in the, or he, Sergey Glukov, played in the Olympic qualifying event again as the third for Alexei Timofev. Uh, they went four and three at that event. Uh, so, in terms of skipping 
You went two and seven at the Euros in 2019. And as we said, four and eight at the World Championship. Now, there's room for improvement. He was 26 then. He's 28 now. So there's space for improvement. I know Russia has had the opportunity to play. They've had ice to play on in practice. So you would expect them to potentially get better because that's generally how these things go. And in a field where a lot of teams haven't had the same access to ice as in past years, I, I think they should be in a position to improve on four and eight, not so much though that we're looking at them in the playoffs. No, definitely not. I think they could maybe sneak up on somebody. Um, they've got uh, Netherlands, then South Korea. It's a good start. Yeah, then scrolling down, then China. So, you know, we could see them near the top of the tables that uh, first three days, two yeah. or three days. Look at it. We're, but, we're, we're on. It's Monday and Vic's like, and look out for the Russians. They're 3-0. and and then they could lose the rest of their games, right? So, uh, yeah, th- this is not the team that I picked to uh, rise from that secondary group. So, I, I I mean, they could win those three games, and that, I think that would be pretty good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see if uh, this is your team coming out of that next group. The man, the myth, the legend himself, Jop Van Dorp, out of the Netherlands, fourth time competing at the World Curling Championship. Four and eight in 2019, throwing the third stones that year, but calling the game four and eight in 2018, one and 10 in 2017. So not the greatest winning percentage for Jot Van Dorp and uh, and the team out of the Netherlands. Of course, you mentioned Wouter Scott. He is back. He will be throwing the four stones again as what we saw in uh, 2019. So I, I think, Scott, you, you you think that this is all up to Wooter and can Wooter carry the load? Well, yeah, I, of course, it's it's on uh, it's on Wooter to win the game. You're the fourth rock thrower win the game. He's he's shown uh, amazing upweight ability. Yeah, uh, that draw under pressure. We'll see. Uh, I, I I don't think this team is good enough or top to bottom uh, to. To, to make the playoffs i think they should be looking for like a five and eight six and seven sort of record uh, and i think that would be a success for them um that's that's where i see them okay. uh so like yeah it's still a very young team very young. right uh Played they're on the right track 30s, yeah yeah, yeah, and and Jop Van Dorp should be coming into like his prime as a skip in say the next quadrennial. So yeah. I would I would look for that rather than something uh, big this year. All right, so you don't have them as that sixth team in. I do not. All right, let's see if it's the Italians and Joel Ray Tournaz, uh, another team that uh, has in the past had some interesting lineup changes where the skip's not throwing necessarily the last. Uh, certainly we saw that with uh, Joel Return as He's done that in the past. He is here coming to his seventh World Curling Championship, 7-5 and five, back in 2019 in Lethbridge. And the team, you have Amos Mosaner. He is back playing the third position. A uh, big guy. 
really big guy. Yeah, he's he's like six seven. Yeah, he's a he's a really big dude. Uh, the rest of the team, uh, it, we do see one change at the lead position. Mattia Giovanella has come in to play lead. A young player there was at the World Juniors back in 2019, playing third. So a bit of a lineup change for this team, but the back end does say the same. Scott, what is your expectation for the Italians? Yeah, Sean, the Italians are the team I'm thinking is going to break through this year. They're uh, they were having such a great run, 2019. Uh, I believe it was third in the Euros, and then uh, just missed the playoffs in the in, in the Worlds, or or made the playoffs. They were seven and five. They missed. So they yeah they just missed the playoffs. Yeah. I think it was on a tiebreaker. No, they they straight missed. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, there was uh, two teams at eight and four in the five and six slots. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you know, like right on the right on the edge there, uh, they seemed to have worked out what was missing before when they played. You know, in in twenty fourteen, or uh, Joel Retornez was there in the early twenty tens. Yeah. Uh, late aught, late aughts. So, yeah, this is uh, this is a team I expect them to be there. I think. Uh, they have the talent. Uh, they have the experience to do it. It's all going to be all about putting it together this week. And because of their skill, uh, they're as good a, a chance as anybody uh, out of this middle group. Okay, interesting. I yeah, I'm, I'm a big I'm a big fan. I I I really like uh, like their team. Yeah, it's interesting, right? And because he's such a big guy, Amos can throw pretty much anything. Right, he yeah. he's got so much power uh, that that is available to him that yeah he can throw uh, whatever he wants. So you talk about someone like Wooter being able to throw it hard. Certainly Amos can as well. And you do like the experience side of Ray Turnaz. I mean, he played at the uh, Torino Olympics, uh, so he he's mm-hmm. been around a long time. That experience does serve them well. And this is a year where experience is going to help you. You know, everyone's coming into this unknown situation and having just a lot of experience at the international level is going to help as teams try to deal with the new circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. And and so the gold medal or the bronze medal they won in the Euros was 2018. Uh, and then a disappointing five and four the next year. But then uh, I, I think I think they can do it. I, I really see this team as as one that's if, if I'm picking one team out of this bottom tier to jump in, it's this team. Okay. which I'm doing because that's what I'm saying. But <laughs> I, I I really think that they have the best chance. All right. So uh, so there you have it. Scott, guarantee of the Italians going through. <laughs> so Scott, let's. Uh, we got three teams left. Let's talk about the Germans next. This is uh, an interesting arrangement here for the German team. Mark Muscatowitz, and again, I, I apologize for the pronunciations here. Skipped in 2019 in Lethbridge to a four and eight record. He is now going to move down to the third position for Sixten Totzik, a 21-year-old making his debut in the World Championship. He did play at the Euros with Mark Mutzkowitz uh, back in 2019. He was the third. The team went four and five there, Scott. This young man was born in the 21st century and he is now Whoa. playing at a world championship. 
Yeah, born January 1st, 2000. Wow. Yeah. Remember how simple our problems were back then? We just thought the world was going to end because of a computer glitch. It was so, yeah, and, and so simple. So simple. We No one was covering their face from that uh, bug. Yeesh. Yikes. Uh, um, so, so yeah, yeah like, you, so what do you expect? Uh, you know, uh, we got a guy coming in, making his debut. Obviously, these two guys know each other, having played together, but we don't see the, the same level of experience and an interesting decision to have them switch with Mark going down to third and Sixton moving up to the skip spot. Yeah, I, I like this. Uh, I, I like this move. I, I never thought that uh, Mark was was like going to be a very successful skip, but uh, he's definitely a good shot maker. So, I mean, still young as well, right? I think he's 25? 25. 25. Yeah. Okay, so still young as well. Um, but I, I like I like this move to try and shake things up. This is obviously planning for the next quadrennial. Yeah. Uh, not really focusing on this Olympics coming up, if it happened, uh, they would be ecstatic, right? But uh, it's really focusing on building for the future. Yeah. And, and if you're listening and saying, wait, how could he have played? How could these two guys have played together at the Euros in 2019, but not the World Championship? It is because Sixton was off playing in the World Junior uh, Championship, mm-hmm. uh, where he went three and six in 2019. He's also sk- he skipped a couple other times there and uh, went six and five in 2020 which is weird because everything else in 2020 was canceled it's hard to remember that there was actually a world junior championship last year Mm -hmm. so so that's why they he hasn't played in the world championship yet because it's he was better served going and skipping at the world juniors than uh going and playing third or at least that was the decision that was made so that's why he will be making his debut despite having played with mark for a couple years for sure all right, Scott, let's move over to the South Korean team coming into this field. New team from what we've seen in the past. Scott, you are higher on them than I. Well, for I was higher on them because I, I had the wrong team. Okay. So, so the team that you thought was going to be there, of course, is not going to be there. It is a team making their debut at the... World Championship skipped by Young Seok Jung, the 25-year-old coming in, making his debut. The entire team, Scott, has played in one event, or excuse me, the back end has only played in one international event that has been highlighted here, the 2014 Pacific Asia Men's Curling Championship, where they did win a silver medal going 6-3 and three at that event, but uh, nothing internationally since then so it is a team that yeah it, we we don't have much of a book on them the south korean team skipped by kim su hyuk back in 2019 went 1 and 11 and the asia pacific or the pacific asia region did have to go and qualify back to earn that spot to ensure that spot or would have mm-hmm. had to in normal times so that was the last place finisher so a new rep here scott this is just an i don't know because i haven't seen these guys enough yeah, for sure. And I was thinking, Sean, that it was um, uh, Chan Ming Kim right. who uh, came to the World Championships, I believe, in 2018, uh, following up on the Olympics that happened and ended up finishing fourth. Yeah, seven and five. Uh, so that was sort of the 
the optimism I had for uh, the Korean team, but uh, uh, less so with the, <laughs> with this squad uh, making their debut, as you say. So now they won. Now, now, like let's not just dismiss them because they had to come out of South Korea. They had to win. There was a South Korean championship, and they won it. So they beat everybody else. So there's this isn't a situation where they were picked or, or politically there was like politicizing and like things behind the scenes. So they went out one. So they're here for a reason. So I don't want to fully dismiss them. It's just for me, again, having never really seen them play, it's really hard to, to get a sense of what they're going to be all about. But who like they could come out gangbusters and just beat up on people. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the, with a team that you've never seen before from, from Korea, well, that we've never seen before. I, yeah. I apologize to everybody else that, that probably is more aware. I, I would expect them to be very technically sound. It would yeah. be the strategy where it might, it, it might come undone, right? A, a younger team too. Yeah. Uh, playing that's at the, the issues that they're young world stage. Yeah. That that's, that's where the doubt lies more there than in say their technical ability. Yeah. And certainly the South Korean Federation, curling Federation, uh, they've produced really good players uh, over the past few years and the, the well-documented uh, bad things that have gone on in the Federation do seem to be cleaned up or starting to be cleaned up a little bit. So ho- hopefully it's turned a new page uh, out of South Korea with the curling situation there. And hopefully that these guys, because again, they are so young that maybe we we see them competing for a bunch. We see it on the women's side. The the depth is there. That's a fun national championship to pay attention to. And mm-hmm. if we can get some depth on the men's side too, I mean, look out. Yeah. Yeah. So I was looking at their uh, Korean championships. They did lose three games, including the uh, one, two page game. It would seem. Okay. That's why, um, I, that's why you got the one, two game. Yeah, and then ended up uh, winning the championship final against uh, the Team Kim that I mentioned before uh, by a score of 12 to 10. High scoring affair. Wow. Well, they play yeah. Like a, they, they decide to play like a 12 rock rule that night? Well, I mean, if if this is the kind of curling we're going to see, you know, I'm in. See, yeah. mix it up, I'm Rocks in for it. Play. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah, so that, that should be a lot of fun there. And then Scott, the last team on the list, the wild card team. Out of China in the Harbin Curling Club, Cheng Zhu is making his fourth appearance at a World Curling Championship. One of those appearances was as the alternate to Rui Liu in 2017. So third time uh, participating, second time as the skip, 2-10 and ten back in 2019. He has won a Pacific Asia Curling Championship at the lead position back in 2014 did skip the Chinese team to a bronze medal at the Pacific Asian Championship in 2019. So there is some experience there. Not as much experience down the lineup. A debut at the third position. Uh, So we'll see how this plays out. That is the only lineup change in terms of members. People have changed positions. So Jiafeng Tian is the new player on the team. Uh, went to the World Junior Championships in 2018, but did not a lot of uh, not a lot of experience here on the back end. No, yeah. So all that we know is is you know the win at the qualification event uh, yeah. in 2020. It was not 
I, I would say it's not like a, a stacked event. Apologies to Team England. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, young team, they're going to be looking to get in position, get some reps before the Olympics, right? Uh, yeah. They're going. They know they're going. There's no pressure. I mean, there might be pressure, but maybe there shouldn't be. China's going to be there. It looks like this will be the team. Right. And they're going to want to give this team all the chances they can get to play against high level competition. And uh, they'll get that this week for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And this might be their last chance, just not knowing what the fall is going to look like. Uh, You know, I would expect there to be a Pacific Asia championship given sort of where we are right now with everything and vaccines and, and all that. So I'd expect that to happen, but it's not a guarantee necessarily. Uh, and even if it goes forward, who is going to play in it? You're never quite sure. So yeah, this is a good chance for these guys, top level competition and work on things that you think you might need to work on. And hopefully for them, they have a good week and play well and improve on that two and 10 from a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think that's what they'll be looking to do. And there you have it, Scott. 14 teams that have descended on Calgary. They're in the bubble. They are ready to go. They're quarantining. They've been tested. They're starting practicing soon. And hopefully, hopefully, everyone is in the bubble and we don't get a positive case at this point. I think it's still too soon from all the teams having landed given I think they say it's like a five-day incubation potentially for it. So we won't know for sure that everyone's in insecure for a couple of days yet. But so far, all the news out of Calgary has been good as the teams have landed. Yes, so far so good. Uh, I saw that uh, shy guy, Matt Hamilton, posting some photos on Instagram, some videos. Yeah. So it looks like he's uh, balcony neighbors with um, Darren Molding. Yeah, another shy guy. Another shy guy. So, yeah. you know, they'll be... Uh, what are they going to talk Matt about? Be, well, share some massage tips, you know, <laughs> roll, roll on the ball like this. Yeah. Yeah, it should be, it should be fun. So uh, I'm excited to see these teams. Uh, you know, I, I was excited for the Scotties and the Briar. Uh, this should be a lot of fun. Some notes here just about the event. Draw times are different from what we saw at the Scotties and the Briar. They are shifting a half hour later. So a 9 o'clock a.m. local time start 9 to 7. So instead of the bottom of the clock for all the draws, they're going to start at the top of the clock. I'm guessing this is a television decision in some way. Uh, I don't know who would have wanted that, but that's it has to be for TV, right? Probably for other time zones, but yeah. That'd be my guess, yeah, for for the international stuff. So that makes it a little easier. If you have a VPN and, and can get around some geo-blocking, this is a good week to have it. Uh, TSN is covering all the Canada games. World Curling TV is also going to be covering games, streaming stuff, I believe, on the World Curling YouTube page. And sometimes those things will be geo-blocked, depending on where you are, uh, given what the rights mm-hmm. are. So. Uh, having something that can get around some uh, some geo blocking and, and make the the internet think you're in a different country will be good this week. We did learn, Scott, that the Sportsnet crew or a bunch of people from the Sportsnet crew are calling for World Curling TV. Mike Harris and Kevin Martin, chief among them, will be in the bubble. I did not sadly see anything about Rona. 
No, I, I didn't see anything about Rona either, but the Jill officer was another one yes. of the names I saw mentioned. So it'll be a good crew there for, I, I'm sure it's just about travel restrictions, right? So yeah. uh, it, it'll be a good crew, something that we haven't heard all year, but we're, we're used to hearing here in Canada. And uh, I'll definitely be checking out some of the non-Canada games. Yeah. So uh, so check out, depending on where you are in the world, check out the, the World Curling YouTube channel. Uh, and and whether or not you can get some TSN stuff as well. I, I'll tell you though, Scott, Rona Jill Officer, sign me up for a week of that. Mm, not bad. I mean, the Blue Jays are finding out a way to have Dan Shulman and Buck Martinez be in different places. So, right. yeah. And Rona might be like, I don't want to be up at three in the morning, local time calling a game. But I, to that, I say, Rona, you're too good to sleep. <laughs> you know, give the people what they want. Yes, very much so. <laughs> All right, so Scott, uh, you made your picks. You think that Italy will make the top six, that Norway, the U.S. will not. Scott, let's just brass tacks. Who is the 2021 Men's World Curling Champion? I'm going to Scotland. Okay. Scott is going with Scotland. Because my name is Scott, and that's easy to remember. Okay, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> nice and simple there, Scott. I'm going to go with the Canadians and Brandon Botcher. I'm going to say that the bubble experience pays off. I'm also going to say that this is like a floodgate thing, that he has broken the dam and they're just going to win now. Damn. Okay. Floodgate. Floodgate. Why not? <laughs> Why not, eh? Why not, eh? So, uh, so yeah, I'm going to go with the Canadians. And, and in terms of who doesn't get in out of those top teams, I think I'm going to go with Norway. I think John Schuster gets in. I'm not as high on Italy as you. So I'm going to go with the Canadians, the Swedes, the Swiss, the Americans, the Scots, and the Japanese to clinch their Olympic spots. Okay. Okay. We'll see who comes out on top. Indeed, we will. It will be a lot of fun. We will be doing a couple stacks over the course of the week. Canada plays some four o'clock, a bunch of four o'clock Eastern time games. So we'll we'll pick a couple days to stack after the afternoon draws and we will tweet those out and let you know on social media when those will be. So do follow along with us on Twitter and Instagram at Game of Stones Pod. You can also follow the Facebook page. That's where the streams will happen. Facebook.com slash Game of Stones Podcast. So we'll we'll have some fun over the course of the week. I think we'll have a, an episode teed up that is unrelated to the world curling championship as well over the next week or so that we're working on so we'll see if we can get that into the feed so do subscribe wherever it is you get your podcast do the likes the ratings all that fun stuff helps us beat the algorithm helps other people find the show and do head on over to gameofstonespod.com all of our past episodes are there the how you can qualify for the olympic curling trials in canada post is up there and the new merch hoodies toques baseball tee all the proceeds from that going to our friends over at the sandra schmerler foundation the t-shirts all the proceeds to food banks canada scott mine is scheduled to arrive this week look out very excited once it arrives i will wear it on the stream cool yeah i'm looking forward to uh to seeing the new stuff as well yeah so scott uh what do you got teed up what what are you most excited for over the next week um to be honest, uh, it might be that the final is going to be at 4 p.m. <laughs> uh, mountain time, so we won't be up late uh, next two Sundays from now. 
uh, yeah. looking at the final. Uh, but honestly, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing all these teams play that we haven't heard anything from most of the year. Uh, you know, and and playing with a little national pride on the line. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. That, that will be a lot of fun. And yeah, nor, normal years, we would have seen these teams a little bit, whether at the slams or Euros, uh, other events in Europe, the bottom masters, things that we would just check in on and, and stream. Not so much this year. So it, it will be fun to see all those teams and uh, some just see some different faces. And I do like that uh, for, for the Canadian audience, everybody gets a TV game here. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be able to see everybody once. And Brendan uh, Botcher a lot. Brendan Botcher a lot. Yeah, I might get tired of that. But <laughs> so, uh, so, so there you have it, everybody. Enjoy the 2021 World Curling Championship an event that Scott, I, six months ago, I never thought we'd be here doing this. Hell, two months ago, I don't think I would have thought uh, that this would have been taking place. But credit to Curling Canada and the World Curling Federation. Again, knock on wood that uh, everyone is landed and and gets through this incubation period safely. But all credit to them and to the players for making the sacrifice leading into this to quarantine before and then the sacrifice that obviously they're making to be in the bubble as well. Absolutely. Absolutely looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, so do follow along with us everywhere. We'll be back with you later in the week or early next week. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.